Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode 306 and we have a returning guest. Hey guys, this is Andrew. Welcome back to the show, Andrew. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me back. No problem. Greetings of the day, Andrew. Thanks for being crazy enough to join us again. Not quite Absolutely. as crazy as people that get up at 3 a.m., but still. I'm a little closer to you guys now in terms of time zones, so... Oh? <laughs> I relocated to Chicago in December. From? Oh. Seattle. So I've moved to Central Standard Time from Pacific, so two hours closer to you guys. To me, Sunday morning extends to whatever damn time I decide to get my ass out of bed. Pretty much. And it's my Saturday, so my weekend is starting. Came back and did three and a half hours of a Star Wars campaign, and now I'm doing this. Yes, and on that subject, we're going to be watching a Stargate Atlantis episode today. As normal, it would be rather surprising if we were doing something different at this stage of the podcast. <laughs> this week's episode is going to be Brainstorm, another episode that Andrew requested. And I believe this will be Andrew's final episode with us. Ah, oh, dear. <laughs> He will be coming back to the Ark of Truth. And I'll try to sign up for, for a universe episode or two. Yep, both seasons are up on the website. Have a quick look through. Let me know which ones. Excellent. And this is also, uh, surprise, surprise, another McKay-centered episode for me. I'm shocked. <laughs> shocked and odd. <laughs> Nobody doesn't like McKay. I, I, I don't think John Shepard does. <laughs> They're best friends. Yeah. He just keeps the lemon around for... <laughs> <laughs> You shouldn't talk about Radic like that. Oh. In the episode The Shrine, I think that scene where they're drinking beer at the end of the pier just, like, really encapsulated their friendship. The last episode we recorded was very McKay-centric as well, where basically the the alien seeding pod with the artificial intelligence and the... The one that takes over Keller? No, no, the, the one where McKay didn't realize... Remnants. Radic wasn't actually there. Okay. The one where uh, Robert almost gets fired. Yeah, that's spoiler if you haven't actually watched it. Now, I think if they'd known they were getting cancelled at that point, they might have chopped John's hand off for real. Ah, but at that point, even if they did know they were cancelled, there were still the movies on the horizon. They didn't get cancelled till much later. I see. Corin Nemec just liked your tweet. What was it about? Brainstorm. Yep. Which is interesting, because he wasn't in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was in the show. No. It was in Stargate Atlantis. He was like, duh. Is it possible that Corrin... Okay, I'll do my best to wheedle my way onto a con that Corrin was at, and I'll ask him if he listens to the show. He might just have a filter set up for any time somebody hashtags Stargate. Possibly, but I'm still going to ask him. I mean, we did... Didn't we drop the audio of my question and answer from uh, Amanda in? Yes. Were you coherent? I was coherent when I was asking a question because I was about 60 feet away and the microphone she was up on the stage. Uh, when I was standing two inches away from her with my arm around her shoulder, no. Yeah. In no way coherent. I went total fangirl. Yeah, I don't know of any red-blooded Stargate fan that would be able to. Male Stargate fan. Are there some ladies out there that like Amanda? Well, you only have to follow our Twitter timeline and realize there is a very healthy female fandom out there for everything Amanda Tapping. Yeah, she's done a lot. I mean, outside of just acting, like her directing... Stuff has been fantastic, and what is she directing now? What's her next project? I think she, I is she doing another Dark Matter? She did one, didn't she? She's done work on the Magicians, mm -hmm. and she's gonna do the new Van Helsing series. Mm. Got it. That's right. 
So uh, did you get my message that I saw you in the uh, Horizon credits? I assume that was you. Yeah, I watched Star Trek Horizon that just came out this week and, and saw you in the contributors list in the credits. Yeah, I got the 12 gigabyte HD version. Nice. So I'll watch that. It was fantastically done. Yeah. I'm glad they got it out before whatever fallout from the Axanar incident happens. I think that's going to, good, bad, or otherwise, going to set precedence for fan projects. It would be simpler if there were a hard and fast rule book. You can do this, you can't do that. Right. No cherry picking for every production that comes along. Yeah, but Paramount's approach would be you can't do anything unless you pay us obscene amounts of money. After all, Star Wars and Disney has proven how stupid their approach is. Yeah, well, I mean, Lucasfilm actually, when it was when Lucasfilm loaned all of it, actually did set up hard and fast rules of like, okay, you can make a project. It can only be this long, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it benefited everybody. Right. They even made films about George Lucas. Yeah. By the way, Andrew, did you actually pose for that picture? Because that looked like a formal setup rather than just a random profile picture. You know, got your hair done... Well, I mean, it was taken with my with my MacBook, but I did kind of pose for a profile picture. So how's your CW show watching going then? I've caught up on Supergirl. I'm caught up on The Flash. On The Flash and Arrow, I haven't watched Legends yet because it was gone, gone 11 o'clock and I was like, yeah, I'm up at 8.15, I'm going to bed. I haven't watched Legends yet because last week's Legends ended kind of gone, wait, wait, what? I like What's Legends. That? It's It's pretty fun so far. I was very surprised. You've seen this week's episode now, haven't you, Mike? I'm up to speed with all the CW shows, yes. I've seen Arrow, I've seen Flash, I haven't seen Legends yet, but... Okay. The main thing that bothers me about Legends are the... Not the armrest, the -the over-the-shoulder seatbelts. Yeah. (laughs) Surely somebody at production meetings should have said, you know, they're going to cause us more trouble as we have to put them down every time we take off. Let's say the ship's got artificial gravity and pull it quits. Bit of poke in the eye of Star Trek, which never has... Yeah, but it's stupid. Every time they do it, you think, as a design, they don't make sense. Your head is still literally bouncing around all over the place. You could still break your neck. Yeah. Your body will be fine, but your head will be rolling around on the floor. Did you find his mentor sounded amazingly familiar? I looked through his IMDb and I didn't really recognize him. Yeah, he's from Stargate. Yeah. Mind you, come on, everybody Canadian actors have been on Stargate. Yeah, of course. I think the DC acting community has, at one point or another, been on Stargate. Yeah. Oh, not just acting, I'd say production and camera as well. We are the Rusted Robot Podcast. Lower your shields and surrender your minds. We will add your MP3 recordings and opinion on Geekery to our own. We will adapt to embrace this culture. Resistance is futile. It's the Borg. Commander Adama, Cybermen, Daleks, and Cylons are fast approaching. Jump gates forming in multiple sectors, and the Doctor's nowhere to be found. What are we going to do? Tune into the Rusted Robot Podcast at therustedrobot.podbean.com and on the iTunes Store. Oh, boy. Get rusted today. Robots. Cyborg. Androids. Oh, my. Rusted Robot Congratulations are in order for the Rusted Robot podcast They reached their 100th episode milestone last week Check them out and say hello Just come off a 3 hour Star Wars RPG online We use Roll20 I'm playing... I didn't tell you about my character Andrew? I don't think so Oh you'd remember if I had I'm playing a force sensitive Rookie Rebel Alliance pilot Female Wookie 
<laughs> wow. Tell him the colour. Oh, I'm getting there. I'm uh, 2.6 metres tall. I weigh 160 kilos and I'm delicate shade of pink. <laughs> and because we're on a cruise liner, I've wandered into the haberdashery and I've got sparkles because there's a ball tonight. <laughs> so I'm going to be pink and sparkly. It's kind of hard to sneak with seven and a half foot tall pink Wookiee. Right, yeah. Pinker Wookiees have about a 200 year lifespan, given the rate that Chewbacca appeared to age compared with Han. Right. Since my Wookiee is 23 standard, that means she's basically an impetuous teenager. Sounds about right. Okay then, folks, we're watching the Region 2 DVD rip of Brainstorm. The runtime is 41 minutes, 46 seconds. We're all going to watch the same video feed, so sync problems at our end shouldn't be a problem. If you do want to watch along with us, as opposed to just listen to us, set up your video on the black screen with the counter set to zero, and when Alan finishes his countdown and says click, just press play, and everything should be good. Right. As requested, and I have to do a very quick Google while Michael did that. It's been a while. Call me. Doxy. Uxy. Clicky. Atlantis. All nice and clean for now. And here they are. More food. SGC doesn't have a CPM, so two weeks on Earth means uh, three weeks scooped up in the daddles. They're stocking up well. I'll give them that. We only get one of those every year and a half, so I'd like to save mine for something more special. So we're going camping instead. Two packs of sandwiches for Ronan. Well, he's a growing lad. Uh-huh. Okay. I still have to say that the wig version of his dreads does not look as good as the originals. No, there's a compromise that's always to be made in the. Oh, he's stung a bit, isn't he? <laughs> oh, wait for me. Salty. Oh, look, a blue jello cup and Evian. Always the blue jello. Yep, director, the Evian bottle isn't facing the camera in this shot. He's doing his doctorate at the same time as me. He's giving a big secret presentation about some new thing that he's working on, and everyone and anyone in the physics community is going to be there. And, well... Okay, she's patiently waiting. She knows Rodney. He will get to the point eventually. Yeah. Like, like a, a washout recluse. <laughs> Why? Well, because I do this for a living. I mean, super double-tip-top secret stuff. I mean, haven't published a paper in nearly a decade. I'm not one that can be read by the general public, and I'm kind of hard to get a hold of what with living in another galaxy and all. Yeah, I know what that's like. Exactly. They think I'm a shut-in. He's oblivious at times. I was thinking that um, if I was to, say, show up with a woman... <laughs> uh-huh. Oh. A real woman. <laughs> An actual woman. <laughs> yes, we've documented proof. She is indeed female. I haven't published a paper, but I've got a woman. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. He's already making excuses for himself, you know, giving her an option to get out of it. You don't think McKay suffers from confidence, but when it comes to women, he does. Well, this is kind of a change <laughs> from, like, him and, and Carter, because he never had a problem just coming on to her. Yeah, I think if he had ever said yes, he wouldn't know what to do. Right, yeah, it's the dog who catches the car. Yeah. You don't have to fabricate all these reasons on why you need me to be with you. You could just ask me out on a date. Hey, I didn't want to, I mean, I know you... I'll probably say yes. There you go, it's that simple. Well, you, you want to go to this thing with me? Sure. Revolutionary concept, just ask the woman out yeah. on a date. And follow it up by not acting like a complete moron when she actually says yes. That's a date. So, what's the presentation? I don't know. I, he doesn't want to tell anyone until we all get there, but uh, if I know this guy, it'll be, uh, you know, first-class presentation. With, like, second-rate science. Probably some minor adjustment to someone else's work, but um, the food will be good. And the company. He didn't eat his yellow cup? Well, I assume he can take it with him. Yeah. He can pocket that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Martin Garrow, he did the commentary for this episode in New York City while he was making Bore to Death. 
He said he always wanted to direct an episode of uh, Stargate Atlantis. He's obviously directing, producing other projects outside of Stargate. And he finally decided to write an episode that he really would enjoy directing, and this is the result. This actor, Dave Foley. Foley, yes. Love him. You're a big fan of news radio, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Exotic particles, strange lits, the instantaneous destruction of the planet, all unfounded histrionics. We are going to be just fine. So you're saying none of these potential catastrophes is going to happen? Well, there is always the slight possibility that something might go wrong. Malcolm Tunney, Dave Foley, Canadian actor, Robson Arms, The Middle. I know him from Sky High when he was the sidekick. Mm -hmm. Terrifying. Of course they're terrifying. They're worst-case scenarios. They are the worst possible thing that could ever happen, ever. Doesn't he sound a lot like Robert Ricardo? Terence Kramer, played by Marshall Bell. He's an American actor. He's been in Legends, House, Deadwood, X-Files and Good vs. Evil. Trust me. Trust him? I don't think so. Right then, Brainstorm, Season 5, Episode 16 of Stargate Atlantis. This is Gatecast Episode 306. This episode was written and directed by Martin Garrow. At its premiere, is somebody eating something? Sorry. This episode at its premiere in America, November the 21st, 2008. Canada, November the 24th. UK, December the 16th. Sweden, January the 16th, 2009. Germany, November the 4th. Spain, February the 11th, 2010. And finally, Japan, December the 8th. Again, come find a date for Australia. Lots of series with episodes of the same name. Pinky and the Brain, Hunter, GP, Perception, The Flying Doctors, Heartbeat, and Future Fantastic. Actually, quite a few more if you made Brainstorm a single word as well. Wasn't there a movie with Christopher Walken? Could have been, but I only look at TV series. I only mention movies if I can't find any TV series. And we're back. Oh my. Yeah, it's just a plane. Not that impressive. Okay, maybe that oh my fits rather well here. This is exciting. <laughs> well, it's just a plane. Yeah, but I've never even flown first class. I mean, this is amazing. You tried these strawberries? Strawberries. Nice. Nice little call back to Firefly there. Yep, Martin <laughs> admits it. That was deliberate. I thought he was just a physicist. Well, he was always able to dupe guys with deep pockets into backing his research, you know? They rented this plane. It's actually parked at the airport. They had to blow out all the uh, windows with lighting to make it look uh, like the flying. Mm-hmm. The DP got a little bit worried. Martin said, you know, what he was explaining, trying... What he was explaining what he wanted to do, and his visual effects department thought he wanted to be able to see landscape, and they'd have to CGI everything in. <laughs> I was always one step ahead of this guy during school, and now that we're in the real world, he wants to show me that as far as most of the planet is concerned, he's a lot more successful than I am. And what is with the evening attire? And we're going to a science talk, for God's sake. What the hell does he think he is? I'm actually kind of wondering why they're, like, dressed on oh, the plane. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is science with the corporate flair, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the board want to see their money being spent. Most people would be having a good time, Rodney. You're right. You're right. Well done, Rodney. Well done. Hmm? Oh. Oh, nice. I like that, man. <laughs> <laughs> This is the thing, it's like, I think for all of his bluster, McKay actually has an inferiority complex. Oh, he does, yes. That looks like CG. Yeah, that's a simple map painting. Dr. Rodney McKay. Dr. Jennifer Keller. Yes, welcome. I'll just need you both to sign this non-disclosure and confidentiality agreement. In triplicate. Oh, you're not serious. Is there a problem, sir? Yeah, this desk guy is played by Michael Coleman. 
you may recognise him from Once Upon a Time. He plays Happy, also been in Smallville, Millennium, uh, Eureka, and is quite a prolific voice actor. Dinosaurs? <laughs> Excuse me? Do they have living dinosaurs back there? Because I'll sign this if he's brought dinosaurs back to life. <laughs> oh, he's on a roll now. He thinks I'm going to pretend that whatever discovery he's made is so important and so secret that I have to sign the unabridged works of William Shakespeare here. Just sign it. Just sign it. As if the desk guy would really know. There you go. This is why Jennifer's probably a better match for Rodney than Katie was. Yeah. Katie was a bit more submissive. Keller will not let him do anything. She's not going to pull up with his balls. Yeah. You like Jennifer's going to like haul out Meredith if you really need to shut him down. <laughs> You'll notice a hell of a lot of extras as well. Where do you think we are? I don't know. Arizona, Nevada. I mean, I didn't think people even built secret facilities anymore. It seems so 1950s. Oh, the guests in this are fantastic. Hang on, is they that Michael? De- is that the guy's choice? Yes. Holy yes. crap. Everyone's favorite astrophysicist. That is impressive. And Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah. It's Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson. You know, from television. Steady, boy, steady. <laughs> of course. Very nice to meet you. No, the pleasure's mine. When you throw out the fact that you're on television when you first meet, hey, eyes up front. Well, you, I only know Bill from Big Bang Theory. I know him from his, you know, science guy stuff, and only that through YouTube. Oh, so we admit it now. See, back in the day, whenever any one of these people came up with a new idea or published a new paper, Dr. McKay here would swear that he was already working on something very similar, just hadn't gotten around to publishing it yet. He'd say things like, I was about to say that very same thing, or I was just about to have that same idea. Hey, at least I didn't declassify Pluto from planet status. Way to make all the little kids cry, Neil. That make you feel like a big man? Oh, oh. he threw Pluto at him. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, again, when he was in New York, he actually pitched the idea to Neil, asked him if he'd be interested in doing it. He could only give him a day shooting. That's why he doesn't get as much screen time as Bill. I think I was listening to that band, uh, A Flock of Seagulls, while I was reading. (laughs) Actually, it might have been pre-Reagan. Well, it has been great running into you guys. We should maybe get our seats. Bye. They can't possibly be dating. I know. (laughs) Well, obviously, she's a hooker, isn't she? (laughs) (laughs) Bill just called dibs. <laughs> and if you look at the crowd, this looks like a main guest and plus one. Yeah. Because there seems an unhealthy, even distribution of male and female, and you don't normally see that in the scientific community. No. Is it that you don't like them, or maybe they don't like you? Ow. She just puts them dead, doesn't she? <laughs> oh, used to be. Yeah. Well, it's hard to explain. I mean, my field is very competitive. Yeah, I went to med school for six years. I wouldn't know anything about that. Not everything has to be a competition, Rodney. They know how smart you are. I'm not sure they do. Of course they do. You don't have to keep reminding them. It's called being humble. (laughs) She's massaging his ego. Best-looking woman there in a fancy dress. Mm -hmm. Probably the only one under 50. I'm not quite sure the boots work, but... (laughs) Humble, eh? I guess I can try anything once. That's the spirit, Rodney. Oh, ain't that sweet. Oh, Panpipe. Break so, folks. Environmentalist message oncoming. Let's show some Amazonian. <laughs> Our world, unique, irreplaceable. And yet, at times, it seems like we are unrelenting in our quest to drive our ecosystem into catastrophic failure. This whole sequence was nine pages on the script. It took a whole day to film. Men, because they had to get so much coverage of the audience, and Malcolm, Malcolm Tunney. Is that Vulcan? 
He looked it, didn't it? <laughs> we really did a number on the uh, Earth, if that's how it ends up looking. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm Malcolm Tunney. She's so worried about global warming, why do you fly us here in a private jet? Spews out more CO2 than Sweden. Good point, Rodney. Thank you very much. Very kind. As many of you know, I am not an environmental scientist, nor do I pretend to be one. For instance, I shower regularly. Ooh. Wow. Wow, thank you. No offense, Larry. Oh. <laughs> know your audience. <laughs> yes, Larry's not laughing. <laughs> Maybe it's time that we carried her. Just stand there and put your hand this high. By the way, was that James Randy? Or was that an actual Larry? Sorry, don't get you. The guy that he referred to as Larry, that looked like James Randy. Don't even know who James Randy is, so couldn't answer that question. This is the sort of presentation McKay would do, though. He would have big pictures of himself. So then, what can one person really do to make a difference? What can I, with my particular and unique skill set, do to help? They think you're the arrogant one? <laughs> I've been working on a number of projects over the last decade, and I realized that if I were to combine them, I just may be able to achieve something unexpected. So, ladies and gentlemen, with major funding from my friends at Kramer Innovations... Yeah, so there goes the... Uh... There's the corporate. <laughs> yeah. All research, tax deductible. Oh, dear. This guy wouldn't know cool. Just as you were getting into the swing, yeah. everybody all of a sudden gets on the edge of the seat, quite literally. Which doesn't look like him. Yeah, against his better judgment <laughs> in trying, Rodney's now intrigued. It begins with a massive heat sink, one of my own design, which steadily draws heat from the surrounding environment. Where's the heat go? Where does that heat go, you may ask? Isn't it interesting they both ask the same question? Great minds. I give you the Tunny Space-Time Matter Bridge. <laughs> da, da, da. Wait, no, we've done this. <laughs> yes, yeah. we've done this in an episode a couple of seasons ago. I'm sure we did. Something something went wrong. It normally does. Oh, that's not good. That's really, really not good. And vents it out into another space-time. Yes, your neighbours in the other space-time are going to be really annoyed. He's like, I came up with that. <laughs> And of course, all the build-up they've done with Rodney McKay being this know-it-all who was always just working on it. Rodney, now's not the time. And it bites him in the ass here. Because he can't help but stand up and proclaim to the whole crowd. <laughs> Jennifer's saying, oh dear, have a bag over my head, please. Don't want to be here. Wait, he's going to turn it on with us here. I mean, this, that's, this, this is a bad idea. And to prove the effectiveness of this system, I will lower the temperature within this facility by 10 degrees. Oh, and don't worry, I've turned off the air conditioning, so there'll be no cheating, I promise. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't let him do this. Oh, no, no, Rod, excuse me! <laughs> I'm not with him. I'm not with him. Thank you for coming. This is a bad idea. Well, we're not quite ready for the Q&A session yet, so if you could just wait till then. Let's just take a look at the data you've come up with and, and talk about this, because... How many people have said that to Rodney over the years? Mm -hmm. Respectfully, I disagree. Okay, look, you, you can't do something like this without our consent. You did sign the document when you entered, didn't you? Well, yeah, I thought that was just... Then I have your consent. Oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> Always read your contract. Yep, even if the 34... <laughs> Great die roll. Even if the 30 or 40 pages long written by lawyers. Yeah. But we all tick that iTunes box, or the equivalent on whatever. Uh-huh. Ooh. Oh. Rodney, please tell me this isn't just petty jealousy. Well, no, no, I, I, I just... No, I, I didn't think so. 
Don't worry, everyone. This is completely safe. He's been totally derailed. I mean, but also at the same time, like, none of these scientists understand, like, classified status. Like, no, I've been doing research. I just can talk about it. We're up and running. Now, I'll be happy to answer all your questions once you've had a chance to read the brief. But for now, why don't we all go back out to the lobby where hot cocoa is waiting? Because it's about to get very cold in here. Thank you. Unfortunately, you know, he, he might have been like this long before he moved to the SGC. Mm -hmm. It's the old cry wolf syndrome, isn't it? Yeah. 64 degrees is not that cold, even for America. Come on. It's 60 degrees in Chicago right now, and we're damn happy about it. Well, if you're in the middle of Nevada, because obviously they're in a desert somewhere. <laughs> and Martin said he wanted to take that cutout home with him, but unfortunately it's all its deal. They had to put a, a television as the actual display of the temperature gauge. <laughs> so it's not cardboard. No, it wouldn't hold a television. Weren't there large screens available then? Well, again, they were really tight on the budget. That's why they ended up being able to have a lot of extras. So that maybe where they cut, the, cut it from, they just got whatever they had in the warehouse. What are you doing? That's a good question, Jennifer. Yeah, that'll keep dropping. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, but... I don't think an achievement of this magnitude can truly be credited to one man. Dr. Tenney, His assistant is played by Naomi Dainswood. She looks very assistant-y. She's been in Naomi the show. Obviously, it must have been her own, well, her own show. We've tried everything, in fact. The device won't shut off. Oh. <laughs> oh, dear. Not smiling now. My understanding, by the way, Andrew, is if you're living in Chicago in 64 degrees, you're happy that nobody's actually managed to murder you yet. <laughs> Well, when it's February and it's 60 degrees, and, you know, it's a good day. Well, the bridge won't deactivate. I don't understand why it shouldn't. Shut down the power to the facility. Uh, that won't do anything. The system self-generates its own power once it's up and running. Well, then shut down the containment field. We need to get these guests out of here. That won't work either. Why not? Why not? Well, it's impossibly complicated, but... This whole episode is filmed in a brand new high school that was built and not yet open. Huh. This room they're in is literally four walls and a skylight. I'm assuming not the exterior, but the interior. No, not the exterior. That'd look a great school, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> Energy shields and all sorts. <laughs> you will not leave the premises without permission. Yeah. <laughs> in an hour, we're going to be below zero. We're going to freeze to death. Well, I have activated the facility's heating system. That should buy us a little bit of time. You said without a hitch, you'd run hundreds of tests. Someone has messed with the system. Uh, of course. Rodney. That's a logical thought, isn't it? You know, he's paranoid, so he's going to look for someone who's already objected to it. It was in the middle of his presentation. He was about to start the thing up. He couldn't wait. He brought you here as an olive branch. You wanted to bury the hatchet yeah, in my back. No. Bill Nye is actually a friend of Robert Picardo, so he was very easy to convince to do the show. Mr. Funny. <laughs> You've got the feeling that guy, if he was a foot taller and armed, he'd be a badass. That's uh, two words, genius. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Martin really wasn't very happy with this scene. They ran out of time. They ended up having to film this at the airport where the plane was. Very small room, very little lighting. It took him forever to get it to look right. Are you kidding? You were the one who should be apologizing to me. Yeah, Roger's indignation. I invited you here as a courtesy, out of kindness. You know, most people think you've lost your mind, that you've gone, uh... Howard Hughes. Just because I don't call anymore doesn't mean I'm keeping my urine in jars. Look, I don't need Shut you up, to... I don't have time for this. What have you two done? What have we done? 
apart from break into his office, hack his computer. <laughs> yeah, pretty incriminating, isn't it? Well, because of course there would be cameras all <laughs> over the place like that. I mean, both of these people have worked at the SGC and Atlantis. You know, they know you're under surveillance. Yeah. Explain this, then. Yeah, that does look pretty damning. I mean, that's a bit of a stretch. There's no reason to assume that paper would be on his laptop anyway. We shouldn't be in here. Stand guard there. Why? I need a couple seconds to hack his computer. What are you doing? That son of a bitch thinks that he can humiliate me in front of my peers and get away with it. He's got nothing coming. I will destroy him. Now is not the time, Rodney. It's gotta be something in your need to discredit the pretentious tool. Oh, Jennifer, you're in trouble now. Now, look, I can see how, out of context, that could seem incriminating. Out of context? What were you doing in there? I was looking for a paper I published a little over two years ago, one that dealt with a matter bridge. Rodney, you have not published a paper in a very long time. And this is nice. Oh, yeah. As the explanation comes through, you, you see Tony just, you know, not worried, not worried. Oh, uh, oh, oh dear. Someone there trusted you a lot and let you see something you weren't supposed to see. Or maybe you were sent something by accident. Go for it, Rodney. You saw a paper about a matter bridge, a project that was shut down due to the adverse effects of exotic particles. You read it. You realized that if the bridge was used merely as a transfer of energy, say heat, there would be no exotic particle creation and thus no adverse effects. So you co-opted the science as your own made a few changes to make yourself feel better, and got to work, dismissing the original author's warnings about the inherent instability of time-space bridges. How am I doing so far? Yes, and a double appearing in the chamber. Don't forget the double. That was my work, Malcolm. I wrote that paper. A graphic demonstration of work being disseminated and not actually credited. Terence, these people may be able to help us. Well, credit to Tony for actually admitting that. This is bad. Uh, sabotage? Sabotage, please. But you said there well, I may have rushed to judgment. <laughs> the money man. I'm not worried. Okay, safe face, safe face. Yeah? You know, I, I think I remember you saying something about that before. Yes or no, doctor? I don't know yet. Have you turned up the heat? Yes. I'm letting these people help us. It's a good idea. Because I don't have any choice. I expected a more advanced control room, to be honest. Why is that bad? Well, I wouldn't necessarily call it bad. It's, it's definitely not good, but I don't know that I'd go so far as to call it bad. You're kidding me, right? Well, they have the suitably impressive uh, whiteboard with uh, all kinds of incoherent equations on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know those consoles that basically old CRTs inside a, you know, a cardboard yes. framework? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that if you go through the old B-movies, you'll see them turn up many a time. Right. It's freezing in here. We get it. It works. Shut it down. I'm starting to freeze to my chair. Fucking. <laughs> this is Pure McKay with occasional support <laughs> from Keller Scoopy. Keller. What the hell was that? Oh, dear. Oh, he's dead. Yeah, obviously. Michael Blundell was like, you know, you should have him drop the glass. That's kind of funny. And I was like, I don't know. It's a little broad, don't you think, Michael? And he, and he just was like, what kind of show do you think you're doing here, Chief? I was like, fair enough. Fair enough, Michael Blundell. Let's let's drop the glass. Freeze lightning. Oh, I like that. Oh, you can't have it. It's mine. It's it's copywritten. The young woman in the background with the pink dress, Alex. She spent four months on the Stargate franchise. Ended up on screen. Nice. And if you see the sign in the background, it's the Carl Binder Memorial Theatre. Wait, he's not dead? No, apparently not. Didn't you watch this episode, Andrew? It's been a while. I'm the one who's only supposed to not have watched it before. <laughs> That's my shtick. Well, 
point is you're supposed to comment on the events, and if you're not commenting because you've already watched it, it's kind of pointless, isn't it? True. You're right, he should be dead. Our body was frozen solid. Yeah, I mean, like, there had to be some, like, internal organs that froze, <laughs> and that's not good. Now, ice crystals tend to burst cell walls and so on. Studio note came down. If that guy dies, we're going to have to do something else. You know, it's too violent. After last week's episode, (laughs) people (laughs) dropping hands off and everything. We've got to tone it down, balance it out. Proper operating mode. It's a little late for that. Yeah. Terrence, things have gotten out of hand. We need to make that call. We make that call and the government shuts us down. Yeah, that's the idea. Marshall Bell is such a great character actor. Loved him in everything I've seen. To avoid the project being branded as too dangerous to move forward. Well, the cat's out of the bag now. What, are you worried about all the money you sunk into this? Because that's gone. No, I'm not worried about the money. We're close to coming up with a solution for global warming. Here's a thought. To stop greenhouse gas emissions. It's bigger than me, and it's bigger than you. And if we can get the device under control without calling the military, they're going to let us continue our research. I got news for you. You can't control it, and you shouldn't continue with your research. We'll figure it out. I have the utmost faith in both of you. Marshall wasn't very happy about playing the bad guy again. He didn't really want to come across as a, a bit of a dick. He finally got convinced by Martin that that's who he was. Yeah, well. It's dead. <laughs> it's dead. Mm-hmm. Kramer must have killed the phone. I don't suppose you have access to the communications room. It's a Kramer facility. I just work here. Great. Looks like it's up to you and me. Right, we better get back to the control room. Let's figure this out ourselves. Wait, 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 wait. Isn't there, like, a room full of geniuses out there? Just That's debatable. debatable. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of a peer group doesn't kind of work well with these very arrogant people, does it? <laughs> and again, why color is good for McKay. Yes. Is what I am calling freeze lightning. Unbelievable. It is the sudden and immediate transfer feed from a localized area, and it is potentially very lethal. Look, we need to figure out how to collapse the matter bridge. Stop it from drawing energy from the heat sink. Otherwise, it's going to get unlivably cold in here. Why don't we just turn this containment field off and get out of here? This scientist, I apologize because her surname is spelt N-G. Shirley Nye, Shirley No. Again, apologies. She's been in the killing, intelligence. High-speed winds, tornadoes, and instant megastorm. Not to mention the fact that the heat sink would start to draw heat not just from this facility... But from the entire planet. Okay, mildly uh, disturbing. Why don't we just destroy it, just bash it apart? Because that could create a tear in our space-time? Never mind that. Yeah. Incentive, people. Incentive. Look, you guys are the best of the best. I'm sure if you work together, you'll come up with something. Work together? (laughs) I think you forgot the light, though. That will never work. Look. Yeah, so a load of people all pulling in different directions. Yep. All with the opinion that they're better than the person next to them. You're correcting, science guy. My PhD is not honorary. Hey, look, I'm an engineer. I can do math. <laughs> You've got to give him credit for willing to say all this stuff. <laughs> if it's any consolation, you're both wrong. What, and you're right? You're supposed to listen to you? You're the jerk that got us into this mess. Mr. Martin in the commentary basically says, you know, I know I'm making a, a kind of a silly show. Mm-hmm. And just go with it. Have fun. He's, like you said, he wanted to do an episode that was fun. This is embarrassing. Look at you. The greatest minds this world has to offer, and if I didn't know any better, I think there were a bunch of sixth graders in here. You guys need to suck it up and get along. 
It's like I've always said. You see, people are more alike than they are different. Not now, Nye. Look at them. They are like little schoolboys being chastised. <laughs> we need a solution, and we need this fast. Please. Come on, the rest of us are counting on you. <laughs> Put it hand up. Mm-hmm. I think I'm on to something. I just need some ironing out. Okay, great. Guys? Yeah, well, yeah, let's, let's have a look at it. Just fresh, fresh eyes. We'll yeah. start, start with Bill. It'd be interesting to know how much his company actually invested in this project. Go for the billion. They'll figure something out. No, they won't. I'm sure they will. Let's just hope it's before someone dies. Because Popsicle Man is still alive. You know, my Uncle George, he always hated the phrase, save the planet. What? Well, he just thought it was a little backwards, you know, because the planet's going to be here no matter what happens. Might be a giant unlivable rock, but it's going to survive. This was in honour of George Paulin, who often used the phrase himself in his satire and comedy routines. Isn't about saving the planet, it's about saving lives. And that's a noble pursuit, trying to save billions of people. But it's no less noble to save a hundred. These guys, no matter how smart they are, they could use some help. One phone call could get that help here. Now please. Please let me make that call. Interesting concept if Keller is actually the niece of George Gordon. He said one problem with the script, making sure Jennifer had plenty to do. You know, a room full of scientists trying to solve a scientific problem. It's one of the reasons why you don't see Taylor. You only see John and Ronan right at the start. And that was, he described it as candy glass. Very, very simple shot, which was a pain to actually produce. So this is more of a Keller episode with McKay support. Well, like I said, most of the audience of this show would think this is mostly about McKay with support from Keller's cleavage. I can agree with that. It's my fault, I should have. Yes, you should have. You need to see this. That's convenient for plot purposes. Of course it was, yes. Oh, cold temperatures are affecting the containment field emitters. Logic at speed of plot. Yeah. That's great. We can get most of the people out of here, no? Make a call to the military? We're surrounded by desert air. I mean, the temperatures inside the containment field have gotten very, very cold. Introducing a sudden and immediate blast of icy air is going to create one hell of a vortex storm. Just ramp up, put the horror. If the shields go down, then, well, hey, now they're in trouble. No, if we can't shut down the device, the heatsink's going to keep feeding cold air into that weather system. It'll, it'll never stop. That's not good. No, I'd rather that didn't happen. Weather 101. It might be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see the weather forecast who got today's forecast right, if that's the case actually punch a cell phone signal through now. Oh, you know, you might be right. Okay, this is probably our best bet. These two emitters are the weakest. Uh, it's a bit of a run from here, so I better get going right now. Wait, 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 wait. Give me your cell. That's it. Keller, the action woman. Yeah. Well, after that thing in the forest with the uh, runner. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to radio once I get through. Good luck. You too. She seems like a very capable woman. She sure is. It's your sister, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is nasty, that. (laughs) Overwhelming the bridge to the point of collapse, it's a good one. It's right on track. But everybody here thinks it means we got to dial up the heatsink. It's going to get even colder. 
And that could result in an unpredictable amount of freeze lightning. Which could kill us all. Right. The facility's furnace just went down. Well, well how did that happen? Well, how much fuel do you have on hand? It's been, I mean, how much, how, seriously, how delicate little pansies are you? It's barely north degrees out there. I can survive that for 20 minutes in a t-shirt. <laughs> Darn quick now. All right. Well, we can't power down because it generates its own power. And we can't wait for the containment field to collapse because the storm will probably kill us. All right, guys, we don't have a choice, okay? we got to wait for the bridge to peak, dial up the heat sink, see if we can overwhelm it. I know it's dangerous, but that's all we got. They're still in big trouble. Okay, look. There's too many people in here. I have important work to do. I do not need you in the way. So everybody, out! You know, that's the Rodney we know and love. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Screw oh, you okay. all! Oh, come on. Nice little Blackberry plug. <laughs> yeah. An act that billions of people over the world have oh, copied in their own particular way and their own particular network carrier. General Andrews' office. Yes, this is Dr. Jennifer Keller. I need to speak to the general immediately. It's an emergency. Hello? Hello? Hello, this is Dr. Well done, Walter. <laughs> <laughs> Your big moment to save the day. Save the world. <laughs> Put it down, they'll ring back. Son of a bitch. Should we warn everyone we're about to do this? No, no, that just cause a panic. It's probably better they don't know. I mean, we have no way of moving people to a safe area, plus we have no idea where the next freeze lightning strike could hit. Good point. Freeze lightning. You know, that's a bad name. Don't look at me, it's his idea. But, hey, wait, I, okay, here we go. When you get down to it, Tony and McKay are very similar characters. Both of them pretty flawed. Oh, that did some damage. I need to knock the screen over. Shut it off. The canyon hasn't collapsed the bridge yet. I had a signal before, come on. Now, this is brilliant. Now, they've always had trouble filming scenes where it was very cold and there were a lot of water. One of the guys actually suggested renting a refrigerator truck and building the set inside of it. Built this set where Jennifer is now inside of the truck. Fill it up with water. They could reduce the temperature so, so you can see her breath. Very, very cheap. He rang up Jewel and explained it to her. She said she was good for it. And he said, oh, by the way, uh, you'll have to kiss Rodney a lot as well. <laughs> what do I get paid for that? <laughs> Kind of like a, a combat bonus. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be lying in freezing water, but uh, with David hovering over you. We... You have to kiss David a lot. We just have to come up with something else. Yeah, something fast, because the containment field's about to fail. Great. Wet and cleavage. Yeah, they said they had to design the dress so that, A, it would get wet without actually causing irritation to Jewel, and it had to keep her warm. And that kind of controlled how it was designed and the material used. I will say her outfit in this episode is very cute. You know, from the waist up, it's pretty much a traditional gown, you know. Mm -hmm. Like you say, a little bit flesh on display without revealing anything. But, but then she's got boots. Yeah, the boots, you know. Are you okay? I am now, but I won't be for long. Well, what happened? <laughs> and the pipe's busted open. And if you look, this is being filmed on 35mm as well. They weren't very uh, sure the HD cameras would operate very well at the low temperatures, and the 16mm cameras would be too grainy. Just sit tight and try to stay warm, okay? Okay. Sorry I didn't get the call through. Oh, good God, Jennifer, you don't have to apologise for that. Did you shut that thing down? Not yet, we're, we're working on it. Hurry. Yeah, okay. Okay, look, I, I gotta go. Someone's on the way, all right? I feel like in general in films and, and some television we're seeing a... A flip back to to actual film. It gives people options. Yeah. 
And I imagine the price of 35 mil has come down a bit because of the pressure of HD cameras. I want to say, I think I heard that uh, Force Awakens was at least partially shot on 70 millimeter. Well, if it gets shot on IMAX, it's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah. It can't be called IMAX if it's shot on anything but 70 millimeter film. Here we go. Oh, dear. We're all going to die. <laughs> Game over, man. <laughs> Kramer was probably quite right. He said the building can withstand this level of tornado because it really should be being ripped apart even that close. Yeah, that side would have been ripped out like well before that, that funnel got there. Yes, but it wouldn't have looked suitably dramatic. As, as I've said, I, I've quoted this before, I've quoted it again. When Straczynski was asked what speed the White Stars flew at, he said they fly at the speed of plot. Yes. Hence, events serve as plot. Plot does not serve as science. Well, technically we could do that, but you'd have to draw an insane amount of power. The heatsink could never do it. No. But another space-time bridge could. You won't open another space-time bridge. The device was rigged to power a single bridge, and we open another one. And it overwhelms the system, and it fails. It'll work. We get, yeah, but do you have any idea how difficult it's going to be to configure the system to open two concurrent space-time bridges? I never said it was going to be easy. Well, it's going to be impossible. Hey, I'm Dr. Rodney McKay, all right? Difficult takes a few seconds, impossible a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, he said what? So I'm Rodney McKay, bitch! <laughs> yeah, uh, he is, he's basically, he, he's Jesse Pinkman, isn't he? There goes the cars. He's the Jesse Pinkman of science. Assuming everyone here has seen Breaking Bad. No! Tony, what's the deal with license security? They can't get to her. What? Why not? Oh, that last round of freeze lightning? It sealed off a lot of the corridors. You see, they're making their way to her, but it's going to take some time. It's getting harder. Harder to stay awake. I'm going into hypothermic shock. Jennifer, just, just hang in there, all right? Now, this is where Jewel really earned to pay for this episode. That's one thing about being a doctor. Yeah. You know exactly what's happening to you. You can always self-diagnose. <laughs> I did read a great thing about a guy who got bitten by like a, a black mamba or something like that, and he like actually documented all the conditions until he died. Wow, gotta respect that, don't you? Really? You're smarter than me. I know. And of course, as soon as Rodney leaves the room, that's when the guy acknowledges that he's smarter. <laughs> this is outrageous. I mean, right when we need him the most, he puts it on me, and I'm supposed to be the one who's gonna do this. I get home. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. I thought things normally lock the key. Oh dear, Rodney with an axe. This cannot end well. Well, I'm being a hero now. <laughs> Come on, Rodney, it's plywood. Put a bit of muscle into it. <laughs> I doesn't have muscle. Tap into your inner Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Before I run it, just check my math. I have been. Why do you think I'm standing here? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I love this episode. It is finally starting to do some damage. Oh, look at him. He's through. And look at the door. It is literally plywood. Ooh, that's a lot of sparks. You needed that much? You're not breathing. Oh, my God. You're not breathing. Please don't be dead. Please don't be dead. Is that going to come in useful? That's on CPR. Oh, got to love those, like, mini CPR impressions, TV. In real life, you have to go, like, so hard that you're probably going to crack their rib. It worked! The second space-time bridge blew the power supply. Both bridges collapsed. I did it. I did it. Oh, God. That's probably why Tony and McKay never really got on. They are so alike. Yeah. 
self-aggrandizing. <laughs> oh, thank God. You're okay. You're okay. I'm really cold. Me too. You saved me. I just even. I used an axe, a big axe. I mean, I don't really wish you were conscious because I think it's the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. Big axe. Romance. It's not that difficult. Yeah. I don't know what I would have done if I lost you. I love you. I have for some time now. This bondage, you know. Now let's get you out of those wet clothes. Yeah. <laughs> A nice call back to the shrine where McKay said the same thing. Of course, doesn't remember saying it. She does, though. We're going to remember Yeah. That's been what I cause of arguments with me and girlfriends because I actually remember conversations as well as if not better than them. At least your friends don't think you're a washout anymore. Stupid Bill Nye is telling everyone who listened that Tony's the guy who turned the device off. Because he was the one that shut off the device. With my coding, it was my idea. Ronnie, does it really matter? Yes. Yes, it does. I know that's a real plane, but it is very cramped for a private jet. I think there's like several more like dual seats like that. Like I say, these scenes were filmed with 16mm because it's the only camera they could get inside the plane and work with it. Yeah. What? No, you haven't. Hey, my contract with the SGC is up this year. Maybe it's time for me to move on. Time for me to do other things. Please, I don't know anyone who loves their job more than you. This point, they were cancelled. This is the episode where the official announcement was made, yes. So that may be why that line was put in. Geoengineering is a dumb pursuit anyways. I mean, no one person is going to solve global warming. We all have to do our part. And there's the green message that was part of the Sci-Fi Channel's mm. Green Week at the time. Ding! <laughs> they pointed out, we're a science fiction show. We really can't do this sort of thing. At the end of the day, we were about the only show on the network that did it. Yeah. <laughs> Me and you back here. Right. Oh. <laughs> She's all for it. <laughs> Right. You were legally dead a few hours ago. You're practically frozen. You really want to... Well, it's either that, or you keep telling me how you and only you saved the day. Well, given those choices. Yeah. I'm trying this whole, um, humble thing out. Seems to be quite a hit of the ladies. <laughs> I'm sure the pilot isn't going to disturb us. Yeah, with the picture of your man, Tony, in the background. Keep, keep your flight attendant in the cockpit for the next hour. I told you, the Dalai Lama is looking on. <laughs> and that was Brainstorm. Bloody good episode, that was. Great episode. <laughs> yeah, what really can can you say about it? Fantastic cameos from Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson. We'll give him a pass for the uh, over-the-shoulder Stephen Hawking cameo. Yeah. I'm not sure that was really needed. I mean, if you could get Stephen Hawking, fair enough. Yeah. Well, but a lot of people, have, a lot of productions have done that. You know, just like, oh, here's a behind shot of a guy in a wheelchair with a little robotic voice. Oh, it's Stephen Hawking. TNG did get... They did. They did. Yeah, they did, didn't they? And he actually asked to sit in the captain's chair and, like, <laughs> lifted him out of his chair and put him in the in the captain's chair on the bridge. I think they had to fake Einstein, didn't they, though? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> little past his time. Well, they had the Forrest Kelly as well in the pilot. Well, yeah artificially aged oh yeah dude but <laughs> okay a little bit of trivia for the right hand director who yes was the same person martin garrow he wrote two episodes of sg1 26 episodes of atlantis and a single episode of universe he also wrote for the home show 
Bored to Death, The LA Complex, which he also created, Dark Matter, and Blind Spot, again, another series he's created. He directed, ah, this is a much shorter list, one episode of Stargate Atlantis, and nine episodes of The LA Complex. And he liked our tweet today, so that's even better. Well, Garrow did? Yes. Did he? Oh, yes. That's awesome. Demick and Martin Garrow. In one day, yes. The hell of a thing. That sounds like some women's fantasy. <laughs> See, it's because I was in the tweet. Ah, that'll be the it. The Andrew yeah. Okay, then. Next week's episode is going to be Infection. On the next Stargate Atlantis. Oh, my God. Trapped on a diseased Wraith Hive ship. I believe I know why their ship is malfunctioning. The team must find a cure. It tried to eat him. You mean feed on him? No, I mean eat him. Or perish. Colonel. I'm too late. The pods are open. <laughs> We're headed straight for the planet. A quick death will be a welcome reprieve. On the next Stargate Atlantis. Mm, okay, yeah. That's the one I was thinking about earlier. I'm afraid we don't have access to the inside of your head yet. Give Apple time. I'm sure they'll come up with something. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. On the news front, we are delighted to congratulate Peter DeLuise for his daytime Emmy and nomination for his directing of Monsterville, which was based on a novel by R.L. Stein. Peter has some stiff competition, but it's always good to have your talents recognised by your peers. Dark Matter, which is currently filming its second season, has finally been given a Blu-ray release, albeit only in the US at this time. Scheduled their release for June the 16th. And since they tend to distribute only in the US, the disc will probably be region locked. We also learn that J.R. Bourne, fresh from his Team Wolf role, has been cast in an upcoming pilot for the Sci-Fi Channel. Prototype is tagged as a sci-fi thriller, and to quote, the three main characters inadvertently stumble upon an invention that challenges the very nature of quantum physics, a discovery which in turn puts their lives in grave danger. Sci-Fi has to be praised for their current lineup and commissioning of new content, which dips into the more serious aspect of sci-fi while not ignoring the more lightweight fare. A quick reminder to vote in our favourite Season 5 episode poll for Stargate Atlantis, Turnout has been very good, but the more the merrier. We would also like to hear from you in regards to Stargate and our own coverage. And of course, if anyone has time to rate or review us on iTunes or Stitcher, then we would be very grateful. If you want to get in touch with us, then you can do so via the contact form on our website, which is at gatecast.co.uk, or via email using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook and Google+, and are carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio. All the links are found on our website, and you'll also find the link for the independent RSS feed, which carries every episode we have released so far. That can be copied and manually added to a podcatcher. Okay then, let's wrap the show up. Okay then folks, that was Brainstorm. Next week, like we said, we're going to be watching Infection. We hope you join us for that. Andrew, thank you very much for joining us once again. Thank you. You want to give your Twitter and your SoundCloud address? Oh, absolutely. So uh, you can email me at andrew.wonders at gmail.com. My Twitter handle is at andrewwonders. Also, uh, you can find my music on SoundCloud, uh, www.soundcloud.com slash andrewwonders. Excellent. Thank you, Andrew. Okay then, folks, that's it for this week. I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And I've been Andrew. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.